I know some of you have been in prison as I have. Fortunately, only for a few minutes at a time, but the gospel comes alive there, doesn't it, Paul? The gospel just comes alive behind the locked doors of a prison. And last Saturday night, I was with the women's correctional facility with the women, and this was the reading last Sunday. And standing down there in a room after we had, after we had gone through security, we'd been searched, our books, Bibles, and Book of Common Prayer had been rifled through for contraband, and the flowers had been shaken out. And after all the inspections were done, and after we'd gone through one heavy locked door, slamming behind us after another. We then went downstairs into a basement area. Not that there are windows anywhere, not that there are windows anywhere, but that uh, you just have a real sense of being removed, a sense of being locked away. You are locked away. The women there are locked away. And, and so the gospel often sounds different there. And that's one of the reasons I love going. It's just almost as if I've never heard it before sometimes. And as I read it there, that same passage, and these, these cinder block walls painted this sort of monochrome color, and, and the tables bolted to the floor, and all of it cold and austere, except for the beauty of the women themselves, but as I stood there in this locked-away place, thinking of the, G, of, of the disciples also locked away, in their case it was for fear of the Jews, but haven't we all had the sensation one time or another of being isolated and locked away by fear or anger or resentment or anything else that might separate us, whether it's for hours or days or months or years, in the more literal sense. This locked away place. And to, to read, to remember that Jesus, without opening a door, came and stood among them. It means something in a place like that. That he just simply came and stood among them. That he chose to be in that place. What really strikes me in this reading, and especially in that place, is that when Jesus shows up, he's resurrected. They've seen him die. They know he was dead. They know this is something new. But when he comes, he is still scarred. He still carries the wounds. That's got to mean something, that the mark is still there that everything he suffered and went through is still there. That's got to mean something for our lives. And sitting there with my sisters across the street, seeing them and knowing something about their wounds, which are not so different from ours, except that for many of them, their wounds came very early in life, the insecurities and chaos of um, homes that had been wrecked by violence or addiction.
the wounding of going through school without having been able to pay attention uh, because their minds were busy with security, things, things we hope our children don't ever have to worry about. We all have wounding from our early life, some more severe than others. We all carry wounds from childhood. We all carry the wounds of conscience for things we have done wrong and ways we have been and for things we have suffered. Wounds come in all sizes and shapes and leave scars seen and unseen. We all bear wounds by whatever age we are here and now. But in that place Sunday night, what struck me was that when Jesus is resurrected, his wounds are not erased. They have meaning. They say something to the people who look upon him, who appear in, to see this new life. It's the past. Maybe that's, maybe, that's the, maybe that's the greatest signal of resurrection. Maybe that's the greatest symptom of resurrection, is that our past is brought forward into our future, and that we carry the scars, and they're visible. And people can see what we've been through. And because of what we've been through, we are then useful to others. Because the difference is, in the resurrected life, those scars, while visible, while still a part of the meaning of the life we've lived, they are the, they are the things that brought us to this very resurrection moment. And yet, they no longer have power over us. These wounds no longer have power over Jesus. Instead, they become his symbol of his power ever since, a symbol of the power of God ever since, the wounds that we carry, and we are all resurrected in this lifetime, the wounds that we carry forward in our new lives, in our resurrected lives, matter. They are visible and tangible signs of God's work in the world, of the deepest kind of healing and renewing of individuals. When I go over to Magdalene House, it's so plain to see that it's that very woundedness in its resurrected life that, that, that is a symbol of hope for those who are still finding, who are still experiencing the pain of their wounds. It matters. This life, all that we do, all that we do, that we need to be forgiven for, and all that we survive matters. God came among us, among us in flesh because it matters what happens to us in the flesh. And in our resurrected life, which we walk, it's those very wounds that show the power of God, the miraculous love and healing of God in the midst of our sometimes broken lives. Amen.